Hallelujah. If you can turn in your Bibles to Matthew 25, we're going to go to what we've been talking about for a few weeks. Amen. About the talents, Matthew 25 and 14. So verse 14, uh, I'm going to read it in the Amplified. No, let me change to the King James. For, so verse 14, for it's just like a man who was about to take a journey. He called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. So um, tonight we're going to talk about, I guess a continuation from last night, about soul ties and how they can hinder your assignment how soul ties can hinder your assignment. Amen. So we're going to talk about in parallel to the two, the three servants. Uh, I like what pastor said, you know, the, we know what happened to the one servant who didn't do anything with his one talent. Um, but I like how we're going to talk about how he's talked about. We're going to focus on the two who did do what God told them to do. Amen. So I want you to think about this. So and I want you to think about it in reference to your own life. So the first person that he gave the talent to, he gave him one five, and he gave another one two. So I don't know, but I can just imagine that maybe they were all in the same room. They all went to the same church, you know, Kingdom Church of Houston, I don't know, uh, KCC. And he was talking to them, giving their talents, giving their gifts. So they were together. They went to church together. They were hearing a powerful word every Sunday together. And, you know, they were just going after God. So if you, when you go all the way down in that chapter, then we know what happens when Jesus came back. We know he went on a long journey. The scripture emphasizes that he went on a long journey. If he went on a short journey, he said he went on a short journey, but he went on a long journey, long enough time for them to produce in their gift. Amen. So I want you to remember that. So these two, they had to be in fellowship. We know that we are social people. I teach social skills, teach people how to be social because they lack that skill. So, but we're social people. We love fellowship. We, we like being around people. And that's how God made us. So can you imagine these two people going to KCC, going to KCOH, they're in the word. They're encouraging one another. They're going forth in the word. And they're, you know, uh, Amos 2 and 2, how can two walk unless they agree? So they're, uh, girl, did you do this? Did you get your, your ministry out? Did you go out in the street and witness this week? Yeah, I did. I, I about gave, uh, led two people to Christ, and they brought their families. So just the whole life. So we could say maybe that this was their lifespan. You know, what did you do with your gift in your life? So can you imagine, and you know for yourself, how people can influence you? They can influence you. People are influential. They can, uh, you could be going one way. You get with the wrong person. You get distracted. But let's think about these two people. They had to be doing something right. They were around the right people, listening to the right word, like I said. They weren't distracted. 
uh, they weren't influenced. They were influenced, but it was a godly influence to finish your course. So think about that. Also, with that, think about the person that didn't do what God told them to do. He probably, they probably all started off together, all excited for God. I know I've seen in my life being saved. You start out the gate, y'all out witnessing together, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, just knocking them out, just like, yeah. But then you get to a point. Then you have to make some decisions. So think about that last person with that one talent. Maybe he was mad because he had one talent. So I don't know. But you get to the end, and then you see who decided to do what God had called them to do. So let's go back to this person who only had one talent who did not do what God told him to do. He can have been hanging around people who were not doing their assignment, who were just like, girl, I'll do it tomorrow. God know my heart. We all know those people. Amen. So it is so important. And I want you to hear me tonight, young and old. It is so important that you hear the voice of the Lord. You cannot hear the voice of the Lord that you hear from a trusted mentor. When they say, girl, get away from that girl. When they say, boy, get, he ain't no good. He going down the wrong road. And we know, oh, I know I see old people back in my life and they would say that. You know, they might not have said it in the right way, but they could see something that you couldn't see. And this generation, I want you to hear me even on Facebook tonight, that you start to acknowledge some of these people in your life. Just because y'all grew up together and y'all was in the world together, you have to make some separation. We're going to go to a few scriptures tonight, but I did want to start there. 1 Corinthians 5 and 13, we know it says bad company corrupts good character. Forget it, girl. You're not going to help change him. <laughs> You're not. He's already decided what he's going to do. You know, God, you're not, you know, you hanging around him. No, it's not because his bad company is going to corrupt your good company. I've seen this scripture play over and over again in so many people's lives. Amen. It's the trick of the devil to send people right when you need them, right when you're getting up, right when you're going forth in the Lord. He sends that one person to change your, your direction. A wisdom key, when the devil wants to destroy you, he sends a person. You know, when God wants to move you to the next level, he starts pulling you away from people. Can anybody attest to that? Yeah, you're not going to have many wrong dogs down this road. You're just not. And that's how it's, it needs to be, amen? So you can stay your course. So let's go back to the two who did what God told them to do. Jonathan and David are examples. I can use those two. So two are better than one. The two with the talents, one talent. I'm sorry, five talents and ten talents. They did what they were supposed to do. Another example of that is, is uh, Jonathan David. We kind of talked about them last night over in Samuel where uh, they had such a special relationship. The Bible says uh, Jonathan's heart was knit together to the soul of David, uh, Ruth and Naomi. What if they didn't have each other? You can look around this church tonight and you have somebody, right? Can everybody attest to that? If you don't have anybody, pray for somebody. Pray for that person to encourage you when you get low. Help you lift up your hands and help you finish your course. Amen? A godly person. Not you dragging somebody. Come on, girl, let's do it. You can do that for about three good times. Then after that, you're going to see their heart. Am I right? You're going to see what, who, what they really are. And, you know, you want to love people. You want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not saying that. But in your heart of hearts, you know, don't you? Amen. All right. I want to get some witnesses up in here. <laughs> Amen. 
So it's up to us. And it's, and, and I, you know, I, when, when Pastor asked me to talk about this, I'm just like the poster child for this because I had such a struggle with people. Amen, my first lady. I did. I had such a stronghold and such a hunger, such a tie, uh, you know, uh, I'm nostalgic and, and I, I remember stuff. I have a great memory. So all those things at one point in my life was working against me, but now they're working for me. Amen. Because it's all about your assignment. You do not want to get to the end of your life and regret and didn't do what God told you to do. I heard my 80, I just broke my heart. My 85 year old grandmother cried and said, I got to the end of my life. I didn't do what I wanted to do. That was heartbreaking to me. That does not have to be you, especially you sitting here at KCOH, amen? And if you're looking at KCOC, KCC, now I'm giving y'all another name, amen? So let's look, let's look at soul ties, what the Bible says about soul ties. So if, you, if this is your first time hearing this, I want to give you uh, what a soul tie is. So it's a, it's a soul tie is a made-up speculation, which some teachers certain pose certain scripture to attempt certain certain human behaviors so soul ties are said to be connectors from one person's soul to another soul this concept is it's it doesn't have it's like not a, a a certain scripture that talks about it but you hear all through the scripture talking about your soul work out your soul's salvation with fear and trembling you know that's you know your spirit is perfect your spirit is saved but you got to work some stuff out of your soul which is why we have to lean on the word of God in, in uh, Romans 12 and 1. Present your bodies a living sacrifice and holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be transformed by the renewing of your mind with the word because that's, that's going to sustain you. Amen? Amen. So we talked about Jonathan and David. Uh, they had a good soul tie. So I want to give you some examples of that. Let me talk. Uh, this scripture is very good. Um, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. That's Proverbs 10, uh, 1 through 10. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last night about fornication. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and 16. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one in her body? For it is said the two become one flesh. That's, that's a tying of a soul, you don't even know, you get with somebody, and it's, it's, it's all that for a moment, but that soul get tied up, and it take you years and years sometimes to get out of that. Luke 14 and 26. So when um, I was thinking about what I was going to teach about tonight, the Lord told me this scripture, and I didn't understand it, but as I read it, I got more revelation. I want you to turn to it tonight. Luke 14, 26. I'm going to read it in the King James, and I want to read it in the Amplified. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Pretty strong, right? Let's hear it in the Amplified version. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother. I remember when I read this scripture as a young, a young Christian, I was just like, God, 
that it was just kind of, I never, I was always kind of like, that's so strong, hate. But I love what the amplifier does. It amplifies what that word hate means. So in a sense of indifference or relative regard for them in comparison with attitudes towards God. So let's shorten it. The people you hanging around, what's their attitude towards God? If they're always talking about you speaking in tongues and they're always shutting you down and, oh, you going to church again? They don't got nobody else over there to help do nothing. Yeah, this is what this, that's what this scripture is talking about. And you, in comparison with this attitude towards God, God says, no, unless you're rather, unless you're ready to say, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm not, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And my attitude, if my attitude is not their attitude towards God, I do not need to be around them. His wife, his children, his brother, his sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So that goes with the scripture that says we need to lose our life in God. We were bought with a price, amen? So that scripture is so telltale that how we hold on to people. Sometimes, and I talked about it last night, you just got to let people make it. You just got to, and it hurts. Some of your testimonies, they were so good, but I'm so glad y'all shared last night on the Zoom call um, just about how God delivered you from soul ties, and it was such a powerful time, and I want to encourage you, don't give up. Uh, always make sure you keep that soul clean, amen. Work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling that you always look for stuff. I was also listening to the rest of the message and pastor said, no relationship is above scrutiny. Not one relationship in your life is above scrutiny. No relationship you have in your life should be above God. We put all kinds of things above God. Not only people, we put stuff, we put places, we put stuff that we've been doing since we were 10. We put all those practices, all those religions right before God. And God says, no, if you don't hate all that stuff and everybody that's trying to pull you back into that old life, you are not, you cannot be my disciple. Can you get any straightforward than that? Underline that in your Bible if you have Amplify. I just love that. Now let's go over, and I'm going somewhere, so walk with me and I won't be long. Genesis 12 and 1. So I, re I remember um, when I decided to leave a place, I'll just say that. And um, I was talking to somebody about this scripture, and I was like, you know, I just feel like the Lord is, you know, telling me to go, you know, you know, like Abraham. You know, he just told him to go and he'll show him when he got there. I said, yeah, I feel, I just think I'm supposed to do that. He's like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> praise God for Jesus. Because this scripture is so, t when, when, I'm telling you, if you have a friend that comes to you with this scripture, they are really going with God. Y'all want to read this scripture? Genesis 12 and 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go away from your country go away from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you now what if Abram he wasn't even Abraham what if he said now look God I'm I'm gonna need some uh I'm gonna need 10 signs I'm gonna need to walk to that door and just start opening by itself I'm gonna need to go to a parking lot somebody say Alondra Brooks what if you put all of these stipulations before you knew what God told you to do? You know, 
And God wants you to trust him. He does. And guess what? He can be trusted. So when he told Abram, he had to make a decision. Go away from your country. That don't say stay. Stay back in the woods, in the little house. You know, no, it says what? Go. You can't go with God until you go. Can you get any simple of that? You got to come out among people. You got to come out from where you're comfortable. And I love what Terry Seville Ford says, just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Just go and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because it's not going to be easy. But what God is going to do in you is for your generations. It's just not for you. So let's go with the selfish desires. I just want to be comfortable. And I just want to just, I don't want to have any troubles. And I just want to love. No, you're going to have some tribulations. But be of good cheer because God said, I've overcome the world. So, no, it's not going to always be easy. And I, things are not going to be uh, on a bed of ease and roses. It's just not. But God is with you. And just think about it. Oh, my Lord, what if he didn't go? God made him a great nation. So let's take it back. Abraham's, Abram, it's not even Abraham. He's going to tell one of his friends, Maybe like, yeah, you know, God told me that go away to a far country and get away from my relatives. And he's going to make me a great nation. Man, what you talking about? You know you're from the south side. How God going to make you a great nation? So I bet that's, I'm sure that's why God told him to go away so he couldn't get those influences. Let's go back to the talents. <laughs> that one person, he probably, he was the person that probably got off and looked back and said, you know, I show Miss so-and-so this. And, you know, we used to kick it in the 90s. Yeah. Abraham, Abram had to make some decisions for the Lord. You cannot go with God and stay the same. You cannot go with God and stay the same. You must change. Amen. Hallelujah. That's such a good, you should underline that in your Bible because when, uh, when God tell you to go, he's going to tell you some things that don't, don't seem like they should be. Well, Lord, how? You know, like Mary. How are these things supposed to be? But she trusted God, didn't she? And look what happened. You can't go wrong with trusting God. Amen? Never forget that. So let's talk a few minutes about how exactly soul ties can hinder your assignment. Pride. Pride goes before the fall. Pride is such a big and vast, you know, thing. You know, being uh, saved for a long time, and I got, gave my life to Christ in 1993 before many of y'all were born. You get comfortable. You go, all right, got my ticket, you know, I'm going to heaven. Rapture come, I'm going up. You get very comfortable. <laughs> and you just kind of take it easy because like, hey, hey, I did the hard part. I'm not going to hell. But I tell you what, what a miserable life you will live if you don't fulfill what God called you to do. So miserable. I talk to so many people. Well, I wish I could do what you do. Well, why don't you? Just get into whatever God is telling you to do because he's told you 10,000 times before. The progressive will of God is where we need to be. Not looking back, amen? The progressive will of God, that's what's going on now. So let me talk a little bit about this. So. And I'm going to be a little transparent. I was married from 1993 to 2001, which is about 18 years. So in my mind, I've been saved for a long time and married for a long time. So it's going to be easy to get married again. Just like, I got this. I know how to do this. 
I was married to an unsaved man, bless his heart. I'm not down on him, I'm not saying that, but he was not walking with the Lord. So it took so much time for me to realize, you know, hey, Alondria, you're saved now. When you got married, you weren't saved. You got saved in the marriage. He wasn't. So it's going to take some other stuff that you got to go through. And it took me a long time to realize, not to realize that. So I said, okay, well, I'm at this different place. So God is preparing me for something else. And it took so long for me to realize you knew how to be married to an unsaved man. You knew how to walk in love with him. You know how to do all that. But you're going to be married to a believer. Do you know how to be married to a believer? I said, well, I, no, I don't. I don't know how to be married to a believer. I, oh, it's just like, it was like, huh? you have those moments you just go, I, I was really like, kind of like took my breath away a little bit. But I didn't know. But the pride was saying, oh, he ought to be glad to have you. No. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm being transparent at this very moment because I want you to hear what I'm saying. Pride goes before the fall. Pride goes, it will keep you stuck. It will keep you from missing your assignment. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. Amen. So don't think you know it all. Don't think you got it all together. That's at the moment when you don't have it all together. Psalms 139, please go there. 139 and 13, one of my favorite scriptures. You can use this in your prayer time. Break down those, uh, those walls of pride. Start uh, letting the Lord uh, show you your heart because, oh, it's a whole bunch of stuff up in there. So Psalms 139, 23 to 24. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. This is an amplified. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me to the way of everlasting. I tell you, you go for the Lord and you pray that, oh, he going to break your heart open. Yeah. You come all up, well, God, I don't think I have anything and I'm okay. Yeah, you're not okay. You're in pride. Amen. And so let, let me tell you, you no, know, I'm standing here as a witness. I wasn't all of this. So I'm not standing here like just talking. I really walked this stuff out. I dealt with pride a long time and I still deal with it. Amen. You have to keep that under. Amen. So you got to make sure you don't get comfortable. Again, I want to stress that. Because you're going to heaven. You got to make sure you know what you're doing. Number two, number one was pride. Number two was delusion. My God, delusion. So I looked up the word delusion and it made reference to a mental disorder. I did not know that. A belief or altered reality that is held despite evidence or agreement to the contrary. That means you live in this land like, huh, you, you live in this delusional land. And that can go as far as you can think it can go because you're going off your own mind, your own will, your own emotions. That can take you to, and that's how people get caught up with married people and, oh, he going to leave his wife and I don't know why I'm trying to go here because I'm not. Um, you know, you get into this state of delusion and you really think what's not reality, it becomes your reality and you're in delusion. So Isaiah 47 and 10, you feel secure in your wickedness. No one sees me. 
Your wisdom and knowledge have deluded you. For you have said in your own heart, I am and there is no one besides me. We can, we can really get over in there. And I'm just telling you what the Lord did for me. And those, that could be twofold. You can be in delusion and then you can allow people to dilute you. Those people that's hanging around with you who you know they ain't made a decision for God. Bless their heart. Love them. Bless them. Matthew 5 and 44. You do that. You walk out with them. You bless them. You All that. You pray for them. But people have to make a clear decision. And you have to do that because people will dilute you. Can y'all say people will dilute you? They will dilute you. I'm a witness. They will dilute you. Second... Thessalonians 2 and 11. So, and this is the scripture that talks about that God put people in a strong delusion because they believed a lie. Y'all know that scripture's in there? God put people under strong delusion because they believed a lie. They refused to to, uh, embrace truth. When you know the truth and refuse to obey it, you are subject to lies. They attack you. They go all over you. Any deception, any untruth, you can conquer up. Oh, you know, I'm this, I'm that. No, you're in delusion. You need to find out what the Lord says. And I'm not tearing anybody down. But what I'm saying is when you get off, when you get those ties and that delusion take over, you don't know what's going on. And I know a lot of y'all met delusional people who don't really see, don't really see like that's a camera right there. Oh, no, that's not a camera. You know, that, 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 that's delusional. So, so many of us was there. I got to read Romans 21 and 22. For all they, they knew God, they neither glorified him and gave thanks to him, but their thinking became fruitile and foolishness, foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Yeah. Delusional. The uh, last one is, you got to, you got to, well, let me go back. So let me go read my ones. Pride can hinder you from your assignment. Delusion, being in delusion, not facing the truth. And the third one is, you're close to change. I think I said change too early, but you get it. We're going to talk a little bit more about change. So pastor preached a sermon uh, called The Nouns of Your Life. Have you many of y'all heard that? The Nouns of Your Life, the people, places, and things. Oh, wow. That was powerful, wasn't it? So I had a problem with the people, places, and things. And I'm going to be just as discreet as I can because I know we're on Facebook, so I'm just going to be discreet as I can. But the people that were around me were hindering me. So throughout the years, this one particular person, the Lord would tell me things like, hey, don't call her. Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. But when you have your own defects in yourself and you want to be friends with people and you just like, oh, you know, I feel sorry for them because they this and they went through that and you have all these emotions involved and it's hard to let go. So that's a what? That's a tie. That's a soul tie. And I got myself tied up in these relationships and I don't care what I did. I was the person who, the, the other person never had no money. You know those people that just ain't never got no money. And they look at you and they expect for you to pay. And then you want to be needed, so you just go, okay, girl, I got you. 
Yeah, that was feeding my own need. Can I? Can y'all hear me? What I'm saying? I was feeding my own need to be uh, available to be somebody that needed me. It was devilish. It was straight devilish. That's the only word I could say. But one day, God said, "Turn to Jude 24." So if you've read Jude 24, it talks about how people have made up their mind to turn away from God. Read it on your spare time. Just turn away. He said, this person has made decisions. You break off with, from them now. I was like, God. But, you know, I know her children. I, I, you know, I was there when they was little and this one was born. No, God said, now, break off now. And I cannot tell you the consequences of that. So let's go back to the, 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 the talents. One with the five, one with the ten. We were walking along for a long time together, but then it got to the point, I mean, for a long time, but then it got to a point where it was like, yeah, I don't really see that like that. And I was like, well, this is in the word. What do you mean you don't see it like that? But the Lord knew, and I believe, let me, I want y'all to hear this. I believe that was my last time because I believe that judgment was going to come on my life if I didn't break off with her. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I was getting ready to be judged about that situation because the Lord strongly said it this time. And I, t I stand here today. I know I would not be here today if that relationship would have still been on. There's no way because they were going somewhere else. Now, when Jesus come back, I believe they're going. I do. I believe they're going. But it was not. I had to break up with the people, places, and things. Let's go with the thing. That was the people. Uh, one example of a person. I had to break up with many people. Um, I had to do what, Ab what Abram did. I had to leave family members. I had to make this strong decisions. Um, I had to do that. Amen? Places where I was no longer welcome. You go to those places where, you know, you were cool at first, then you come, they'd be like, oh, that's cool. Hey, y'all been there? If you haven't been there, you're going to go there. Hey, don't you, girl. You know, you was all good until I walked in. And, you know, then we want to start talking about some Jesus and stuff and it be all thrown off. Like, they weren't talking about that before they got there. They wasn't. So I had to learn how to, not to go places where I was not welcome anymore. Because you can feel the rejection. You don't have to be around people. Like I like like Pastor said, you don't have the, the, to go around people with the kick me sign on your back. Like, yes, please insult me. Please tell me you don't like me. You don't have to do that. Another thing, and some of y'all heard this testimony about my testimony with coffee. And I'm not going to talk too much about that. But, whoo, that thing had me tied. Am I right, First Lady? I, I, I just, I don't, okay, so let me just say it like this. I used uh, coffee as a, uh, a comfort after I was divorced and after, you know, uh, I got laid off years ago, just all those things. Uh, I remember 10 years before that, I was in the car and the Holy Spirit said, you should stop drinking coffee. This was 10 years before. I was like, what? It's just coffee, it's just some beans. It's, I don't understand. He said, you, you need to stop drinking coffee. He didn't give me much information, so I kind of blew it out. And this is when Starbucks was like, oh, it was cool to drink coffee from Starbucks. 
So I, and I remember, because I, I have a great memory, I had a Honda Accord, and I think that same day I waste coffee all over my carpet. I was like, God, I was like, yeah, don't. So anyway, so this was 10 years ago. Now it's probably been 15 years ago. And the more I, I, I would, even when unbel- I would be at work and I had the coffee paraphernalia and I had jewelry with coffee on it and I had rugs with coffee on it. And people at work would say, when I would talk about coffee, my eyes would glisten over. And I was like, this is terrible. It, it had me. But. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm standing here today because I have been super disobedient. I'm not standing here because I was, I was so disobedient. And like clockwork, my pa- when, when it gets to pastor, it's over. It's over. I remember the day at Pine Trails when we had the children's church and we would have the little uh, tent area when we had the, the thing over there. I'll never forget that. I was sitting down. He said, Lungy, you know what the Lord is saying about that coffee. I was like... I just started crying like it was an old friend. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying this just to make y'all laugh. When I tell you I'm so serious, that thing became an idol to me. Do you have any idols in your life like that? That you can't live without? That you drink? I drink hot coffee hot, cold, lukewarm, black, sugar. Nope, didn't matter. I was addicted to it. So I'm telling you to tell you that just the things, the things, the people the places and the things can hinder your assignment. Now, how can coffee hinder your assignment? I do want to say this. The Lord just told me to talk about this. Isaiah 1 and 19. Do we know what that means, that scripture? If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. It didn't matter what effects. And then I found out later, as I really repented, that the Lord told me why I couldn't drink coffee because my body is adverse to coffee. It could eventually kill me. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So the Lord knows. So when you, you think, you know, the Lord is trying to just pull people away from you and things, know that the Lord loves you and he wants the best for your life. He wants to pull you out of stuff. And I mean, you can't get no just like, I was just, for so long. So I was so just bent on that. But it was also what surrounded it. Just surrounded it. Just, you know, uh, that whole time in my life where it, it was a really, really low point. But thank God for deliverance. Amen. So I want y'all to remember my coffee story when the Lord starts to deal with you with something. And you be like, well, Lord, that's just little. I don't know. You need to hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. Before it gets to somebody. And then you get your stuff blown up. Many of y'all been here when I've got my stuff blowed up. You don't have to do that. Okay, go and repent. Amen. So I'm going to say a few more things. I'm going to be done. Um, when you go through trials, remember they come to make you strong. I think I said that. Some of the biggest victories came through seasons of heartache. I can tell you every serious move I had to make, the devil was right there saying, you can't do that. What they going to say? Then he'll send people. You can't do that. Not only is your head telling you, then people come. And it ain't the right people because the godly people are saying, yes, I see that gift in you. Stir it up. Move forward. Do the thing what God has called you to do. But it's always, you, you, I remember this last thing when I got the house. How you going to live over there? It's the devil. 
I'm telling you, the devil going to kick you when you're down. He hates you. He does. He hates you, okay? And so you not only you're going through your own mind, then you have people around you. That's why it's so important. As you get closer to God, your circle closes. You don't have 10 girlfriends. You don't have all these people to bounce stuff off of. And what you think? And girl, what you think I should do? And boy, what you, man, what you, no. You're going to always be on a hermit's a circle, just going round and round because you're worrying about people, thinking what they think, getting their opinion. But as small as your circle goes, the Lord's going to do something in your life. Amen. Are you, are you going to do that tonight? You willing to do that tonight? God can get anything to you at any time. Do you believe that? He can get anything to you at any time. God is so big. He's so vast. He wants to do a work in your life. Only he could do. So as you go through this soul tie investigation, I want you to read Psalms 51. We won't go through it. But I do want you to read that in your spare time. Verse 2 says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Uh, Verse 4, against thee, thee, O Lord, have I sinned and done this evil thing in thy sight. Be justified and thou speakest and be clear that thou judgest. So we know this was David repenting when he had slept with Bathsheba. You know, David knew how to repent. I like David. He was my favorite because he knew how to Touch the heart of God. Amen? So I'm in, I want to encourage you tonight. I didn't know how this was going to come out, and I pray it blessed you. But as we get ready to close, if you could play some soft music, please. We're going to uh, open the altar for prayer because I believe that some of you tonight are really at that point where you, you need to make some strong decisions for the Lord. He always wants to take you higher, and the devil always wants to pull you back. That's why when he wants to destroy your life, he sends a person. He sends that person that's going to try to influence you to go another way. Always remember that. And I know when you're going through it, if you just remember, it just, just remember, it won't last always. Sister Natalie, it won't last always. The Lord said that for you again tonight. It won't last always. But you got to make up your mind that you're going to break the ties that are keeping you down, the people, the places and things, you're going to absolutely give those to the Lord. So every head bow, every eye closed tonight.